Is business just business or is business personal? It's your boy Mason, the host of the Lunch Break Podcast. Let's get it. In honor of Kobe Bryant, each episode will be around 24 minutes. And each guest you can expect to be from different industries and careers. But the main focus is business is business or is business is personal. Let's get into this episode. So you know what I find interesting is um, you and I were having a conversation. And um, we're talking about how companies should implement like uh, profile analysis, right? Whether it's mm-hmm. the ENFJ, Myers-Briggs and things of that nature. Natalie, what are, what, are your, some, what are some of your thoughts on that? Well, you know, we work in a time when so many of us are being encouraged to be our most authentic selves in the workplace. Uh, because the integration of work and life uh, is 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 so significant because we're always working, but our lives are always taking place at the same time. And I think a lot of companies, um, you know, they've been toying with the idea. Some do it better than others. But if if we were to really think about profiling our workforces on uh, almost like a, a regular cadence, like every two years and seeing how people are adjusting and then factoring that into like our team development, hiring people that um, personality profile in a specific way in order to achieve a balanced team for whatever um, whatever your, your objectives are within the organization. I feel like that would be a really good way for companies to um, integrate like skill and and balance out that personality side of, of the, the softer side of what can sometimes erode teams and lead to attrition and things of that nature. Yeah, I definitely think profiling, I'm going to use, use that word in a positive way. <laughs> yeah. um, I think profiling could add longevity to someone staying at a company, you know, because if someone or let's say I'm the HR manager and I get 20 applications and as part of that process, they take a personality assessment, then, you know, I'm getting different answers. I'm getting different responses. I'm getting different INTJ, you know, EFSJ, whatever. And now I know my team, you know, mm-hmm. so-and-so is introverted. I got, let's say, and let's say I have 10 people on my team and eight of them are introverted, two of them are extroverted. And that may sound weird, like, oh, we need another extrovert on the team. But that could play a role in your um, hiring decision, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but outside of that, just i think sometimes at the end of assessments it tells you what um career paths would be good for you you know so now if you know so and so applied but you know maybe they will be good at a total different field now obviously it's subjective like no assessment is perfect but um you could kind of look at that and say oh wow and then for the person themselves what if that's their first personality test that they ever taken? Like, oh, wow, I didn't notice about myself. Well, I'm learning this about myself. And after taking the assessment, they might be like, you know what? 
maybe I should find a different job. Like, yeah, I applied here and this, that, and the third, you know. So what do you think? What do you think about um, personality assessments and how that might contribute to people staying at places longer? Because I think most people may stay somewhere maximum two, three years or at minimum six months and then they're on to the next thing. And I think that's something that should be, you know, adjusted. Yeah. I think if, if personality profiling were to be a key component of an organization's um, development plan for their employees, let's say a manager is held accountable to understanding uh, their team's profiling makeup, and then putting into practice certain, uh, certain plans that really speak to the makeup of the team. For instance, perhaps you do have a lot of introverts under, underneath your, your team that you're supervising. Maybe instead of forcing everybody into brainstorming sessions every two weeks, you give everyone more time to think on their own so that they can come up with ideas in their, their recharge environment, which is not going to be a, like a room full of people and you're bouncing ideas off of one another. So I think in that regard, if employees felt like, wow, my personality assessment actually has influenced how my manager works with me, then they're going to have positive feelings about their working relationship with that manager. And then over time that could lead to longevity within an organization because you feel seen, heard and understood and that your company was committed to factoring in your personality to how they structure your employee experience. Um, because employees I think feel like cogs in machines a lot of the time and their personality has nothing to do with what they're expected to do. I right. mean, I think that that factors into um, turnover and in organizations. So maybe, you know, from an HR perspective, if, if recruiting and retaining employees is as important as they say it is, maybe look at personality profiling as a, as a key means by which you can structure those employee experiences that would keep them in the, in the company longer. Yeah, I like that. I like how you said managers could be held accountable, you know, in working with them and their personality. Because for me, I know I'm extroverted. I'm like a high extrovert, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and I have, you know, several friends that are introverted. So the same way, like, you know, I don't know. For me, if there's a team meeting, I remember being in team meetings and I would strategically like if I I had to rein it in because I wanted to allow and sometimes I would draw out other introverts because I'm like, OK, I have to be I'm, I'm aware that I'm extroverted and I'm going to speak my mind and I'm not going to hold back. I'm not going to hold any punches where the introvert might have things they want to say, but they not may not not they might not be apt to. And there's like there's been times where like. Me and the, like a one-on-one, -on -one, me and my coworker, they might be telling me their blunt opinion about something. But then when we're in a team meeting, they might not say. So I'm like, oh, remember when we had that convo? Like, you should say that right now, you know? Um, 
but I definitely think like you're saying, like knowing their personality and that being part of, like you said, the, whether it's the manager, the director, whoever, VP, anyone that manages someone, you, you, you can add that as part of it. And I think that can add to the culture, you know, mm -hmm. that can add to, to, to company culture. Um, here's a question for you. How do you think introverts and extroverts can collaborate? So let's say I'm, I don't know if you're, are you introverted or extroverted? I'm introverted. Or in the middle, you're introverted. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So let's just say, hypothetically, you're a manager and I'm a new hire and I'm extra and I'm extroverted, opposite of you. How could we work well together? How would what thoughts you had because my my personality is enfj yeah yeah an no, emotional extrovert no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh so initially i think because extroverts der derive their energy from being around other people and introverts derive their energy from uh, solitude i think um Pairing up an introvert and an extrovert in a working environment could actually be beneficial to both because an introvert is going to want the quality that comes from just a one-on-one -on -one interaction because the conversations can be deeper and, and less um, superficial. And that will satisfy an introvert. Uh, and then I think from an extrovert's perspective, they're, they're being energized by just being around another person and bouncing ideas off of them. So that's kind of an example of how I think, you know, pairing up introverts and extroverts can actually be really good in a business environment. Yeah, because I will say I grow the most from introverts. Other mm -hmm. extroverts is awesome, you know, it's cool to be some, <laughs> around somebody similar, but I'm the most challenged by an introvert. Because like, yeah. Because sometimes like they might say something super deep or ask me something that I never <laughs> thought of. I'm like, oh, I didn't think about it that way. <laughs> Yeah. And then it's like, they also teach me how to deal with other introverts, even though I'm not an introvert, mm -hmm. but they, they help me to see, cause I'm like, I just, I don't, I don't get it. Like there's a, there's a podcast called, uh, introvert deer. And there's two introverts talking about how they're introverted and like, you know, and they might bring other introverts on and they talk about whatever topic, uh -huh. but me listening to it, I'm like, I, that's a whole foreign language to me. <laughs> I'm like wanting to be alone. Like, no, I wouldn't be around people. That sounds awful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, on the flip side, <clears throat> I have a lot of friends who are extroverts and I love being around them, not only working with them, but also just like um, in my personal life and casual conversation because as an introvert, I, I need somebody to just like pull me out of my comfort zone of solitude, right? And to lighten up and to have more fun and to laugh more. And I, I think it's it's the odd couple, right? And it's it's just, it's the perfect balance of yin and yang. So I think in, in work environments, especially more, more thought could be given to balancing teams in terms of, of their personality profiling and how, which spectrum they fall on, um, introversion or extra, extroversion. I think a lot of people, what is it, ambiverts? Is that, that that's the middle? Yeah, the ambivert road? is the one in the middle. Yeah. Yep. Yep. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, that one nobody ever talks about. (laughs) I didn't find out. I didn't find that. I didn't find that term out till like six months ago. One of my friends was like, "I'm an ambivert." I'm like, "What is that? What are you talking about?" She's like, "Oh, like I can be. I can be both." Yeah, I think like right in the middle. It's the but like for me, it's like for me if this is introvert and this is extrovert, I'm like right here, like. Like almost, almost. One of my friends, he's like a hundred percent extroverted. Like he's more extroverted than I am. I'm like, wow, bro. Like I thought I was extroverted, but you. <laughs> so, what kind of companies you think would do something like this? Because some may not. They might hear. They might listen to this, and they're like, I ain't doing that. Um, do you think it's a? It might be industry specific, such as let's say marketing. Or do you think B, maybe it's like more this, if the CEO sees value, then he going to do it or C, something else? I think something like that absolutely has to come from the top. You know, it has to be the, the leadership of the company that sees the value and understanding the workforce at a really deep level that then empowers a human resource division uh, or like if they're fortunate enough to have an employee experience head or team uh, to really dig into the workforce and understand people at that that personality level. So I don't know that it's really like an industry specific thing. I, I see it more as being like really reflective of like the leadership and any organization could could modify their their practices, even large um, established organizations with thousands of employees, but it would really have to be something that leadership wraps their arms around and says that this is important for us because it aligns with what they believe, um, it aligns with the DNA of the company. But yeah, just like so many initiatives within companies today, it really has to start at the leadership level. Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna say something candor real quick. So I, I started a Hashtag, um, it, it, it's not trending or anything, but I, I, it says, don't be a dinosaur. That's my hashtag, don't be a dinosaur. Mm-hmm. My gut, this is just a gut feeling. My gut is companies who've been around a long time. Because I, I, the way I view companies, they're, they're all a person. They're all, a company is a personality. So let's mm-hmm. say so-and-so company started in 1950. Whether it's passed on, whether the CEO is still alive or, you know, just passed on to family. That's a 70 year old company. Now, I'm not saying that that company is a dinosaur, like sometimes leadership change, Mm -hmm. culture change. And then, you know, so my intuition says, okay, it's 20, it's about to be 2021. Companies who started uh, 2009. 2009 would be 12 years because you know i feel like when companies get older than 11 12 years old you know like a kid mm-hmm. you know you know you got you know a kid is like one two three years they're very receptive you know what I'm saying? then when you turn a teenager it's like oh my god like my kid don't listen you know what i mean like they they go through their i think i know it all stage mm-hmm. so for me i would say it's not impossible it's probable but it's likely that it's going to be the newer companies 
that it'd be like, okay, let me let me add personality profiling. Or if it's a newer CEO, the CEO is new. Like maybe he's been two, three, four, five years as a CEO and he's like, okay, let me try something different. I feel like when people are, when they've been successful for longer than 10 years, they just, they go to their default. Mm -hmm. Like this has worked for me for this long. Why am I going to do anything different? You know? So I definitely think it's leadership, but I see, I think it's the newer leaders, not age specific. I'm not saying, Oh, the young guy, no, the young dude might not change either. I feel like, it depends. Like it just depends on their leadership style, but newer leaders, whether that is I'm a new CEO to this specific company. Cause some people, let's say, I'm just going to make this up. So-and-so was CEO of Coca-Cola for 20 years. He sold the company to somebody and he either starts a new company or he buys somebody's company. So now he's instead of, um, Instead of being in retail and products, maybe he now he owns a technology company. Now that's a whole different sector. So now he's like, oh man, this is new, this is different. So he might be like, okay, now I'm willing, I'm, I'm willing to try this personality. He might hear, hear about it, whether it's through a consultant or, you know, he watched a podcast or something. Um, or maybe somebody suggested or something. And he's like, Yeah, I'll try that. Cause he's in an open-minded phase. I feel like at some point, CEOs get in a, yeah, I don't care what nobody's saying. I, I know what I'm doing. Like, and they just they just lock in, whether that's right or wrong. I don't know what your thoughts is on that. But um, yeah, my thought is really more about the inherent personality of that leader, right? That CEO. Are they a static character or are they a dynamic character? Are they going to always be evolving, always be learning? because I think some certainly fall into the static category and they may have presented themselves as dynamic at some point in their career. But to your point, they get to a place where they're just like, no, this isn't working. I don't need to change anymore. <laughs> but I think the ones that are just inherently dynamic, right? They're never going to slow down. They're always going to want to evolve and change and develop and, and, and push their organization to be better and to be reflective of how society is changing and how values are changing and, and how the workforce is changing. So I think it really goes back to what is the personality of that leader? And do they have the ability to um, influence the development of their organization over a really long period of time? Or is it just a short, period because they were just looking to get comfortable. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I, I can I can agree with that. Um, okay, so I'm gonna switch gears a little bit because something you said made me think of something. So now let's go to individuals. Mm -hmm. we, we were just talking about leadership, whether CEO, VP, you know. So let's say I'm an average person, whether they're Maybe they do have a side hustle or freelancer or they work for a company. Maybe they're a manager, maybe not. Why should people take assessments? Why should people, you know, whatever the assessment that might be, whether it's personality. Um, I'm a big fan of emotional intelligence. 
I feel like everybody should tap into that personal, professional. Um, why should the average Joe or average Susan, I don't know what they, I don't know what the other one is, <laughs> but why should people, why should people um, tap into personality assessments? I think, well, a lot of people have an inherent curiosity about themselves, right? And um, <clears throat> those that never even considered it, I think they should consider it because it's about self-awareness. It's about understanding a little bit more about why I am the way that I am so that it can help steer me in a direction in terms of my career, the types of people that I am uh, most optimally um, <clears throat> going to like get the most out of in terms of like friendship circles and what have you. I think it's also like a tool to understanding parts of yourself that may be kind of lurking in the shadows, like the, uh, the subconscious self, the self behind the ego identity. And I think if people have um, any earnest desire to really come into being their full selves, whether that's in their personal lives or their work lives, having personality assessments done um, and done like every few years because people evolve and change is a, is a really good first step at, at going in that direction. Yeah, you know, because when I took, I think the first time I took an assessment, I think was I'm trying, I'm trying to be accurate, but I'm not going to be overly dogmatic. Let's just say it was eight years ago. It might have been six, but when I found out that I was an ENFJ, um, because like growing up, my mom was like, you're going to be a doctor, you're going to be a lawyer, or I want you to be a CEO of a company. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that, was her, that was her hope and dream for me. You know, <laughs> yeah. um, and I'll be 30 soon, but um, I was like, okay, I'll consider it. You know, when you, when you, when your parent tells you something, you know, it, it, it matters to you, you know, you want to yeah. make your parents proud. So yeah. I worked, I worked in the hospital, my first job, I worked at the hospital for three years. Um, I was like an x-ray assistant because I was going, she wanted me to be a radiologist. So I'm like, let me be an x-ray assistant first and then maybe be an x-ray tech and then maybe a radiologist. After working three years in a hospital, I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. I can't do it. I can't do it. And I, I felt, I felt a little, I don't want to say like I failed, but I just felt a little like, like, a, man, I disappointed my mom because I don't want to work in a hospital. But I, <laughs> I know my, like, in, instinctively, my body just like, my body and mind, like, nah, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. So I'm like, nah. So then I tried construction. And I did construction for like two and a half, three years. And then I'm like, okay, I've tried these two industries. What's going on? And then, Somebody, I, I don't know how I stumbled across. I think a friend was like, have you ever taken a personality test? I'm like, nah. So then I took it. ENFJ. I'm reading through it. I'm like, this is why. I said, this is why I don't like these things. I said, I'm, I'm super people oriented. I need to do things with people. 
So then I got into sales. And that that was probably the best decision for me personally, because that's who I am. It's it's in my lane, you know, um, mm-hmm. I've even did stuff where like, you know, I've hosted events. It was like part of what I did. Like, I remember I was um, I worked at a, I don't know if you have do you have co-works in your city? Yeah. Co-working spaces. Like, mm-hmm, yeah. Co-working spaces. Yeah. yeah so I was like yeah. a community manager at a co-work space and um, that was fun sales mark i did events all that kind of stuff i'm like wow this is so me like out of all the gigs i've had that one probably as far from a personality standpoint that was like almost identical to who i who i am and what i exude i'm like wow this is awesome um i know internally i couldn't be a traditional accountant uh, that just not I can't be behind a desk punching numbers. Even though I love math, math is my favorite thing. Couldn't do it. Yeah, can do it. So I feel like for people, it is like teach them things about themselves professionally and personally, and I feel like they they can they can grow from it. Yeah, I think. Well, we all want some something to be that mirror and help us see what we can't see in ourselves, right? I I remember being in grade school and several times the teachers would give us aptitude tests, I think is what they called them, but it was kind of like a personality profile. You answered a series of questions and it would tell you, you should be doing this professionally later in life. <laughs> and, and every time I took it, it was always like, you should be working in something creative or psychology. Those were the two things that throughout my grade school career, it was always falling into those buckets. But it's true, right? Like we need something to help us see things in ourselves that we can't identify otherwise. And I think personality profiling, especially as an adult, is really important because what is the statistic now that people will change careers like four or five times now um, in their lifetime? Something like that, yeah. Right. Mm nobody's going to do this one thing their entire career well not everyone and i think it's really important to use that tool to to kind of help you navigate these these uncharted waters of like what's going on with me why am i used to be interested in this one thing and now i can't stand it anymore (laughs) it's yeah um, yeah it's just it's that mirror Hmm. so would you did you ever go to school for psychology no, but I've been a psych nerd in my own time, like just reading books because I'm interested in it. Because when you said when you said psychology, I almost did a backflip. <laughs> <laughs> I like psychology is probably like human behavior is probably my favorite topic. Like why do yeah. people do what they do? Why do people buy what they buy? I've read like um um like uh micro expressions, like mm-hmm. um you ever seen a show lie to me mm, no you would love that show okay it's about it a psychologist yeah it's about a psychologist he helps um like the fbi like um get criminals but he does it through psychology and micro expressions and he can tell if someone's lying or they're telling the truth it's awesome <laughs> um, sounds like a superpower <laughs> He's not a no, 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 he doesn't have a super. But um 
yeah, psychology is my favorite topic. Um, that was just a side side point, but um, yeah, it definitely. I definitely feel like it helps people. I never took one of those things you you did in, well, when I was in school, but um, sounds like it pointed you in the right direction because what you're doing now is creative. Oh, I think so. It's been helpful. And then when I took my first Myers Briggs, I think it was in my twenties, and yeah, it was oddly accurate. It was like, well, everything that the aptitude tests were saying in grade school is is still true. <laughs> for sure. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I think whether someone is a leader and they want to try something for 2021, um, adding this as part of their strategy is would be beneficial. Or if someone is just an individual, whether it's a EI test, you know, emotional intelligence test, personality tests, or assessments. People should take those assessments. And I think you, what, what term you use? I think you said self exploration or something like that. Like, I think we all naturally want to be the best version of ourselves or curious about ourselves and mm -hmm. things of that nature. And so, this data, this information, rather, like, like you said, like for me, ENFJ is like 90% accurate. It's not like, oh, this is exactly who I am and there's no, mis you know what I mean? It's not perfect, yeah. but it gives me a clear idea of like who I am, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I think I take assessments at least once a year, some type of assessment every year, at least one, yeah. whether it's free or I pay $20, $30 for it. I'm willing to do that because- It's worth it. <laughs> it's worth it, worth it. It's your boy, Mason. Thank you for tuning in. If this episode made you think of someone, reach out to them and share this episode with them. And do me a favor, subscribe to the Lunch Break Media Group on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And connect with me. Connect with me on Clubhouse and Instagram. You can find me by typing in Mason underscore the lunch. And if you on LinkedIn, look up Mason Ashad. DM me. Feel free to DM me uh, podcast ideas. If you'd like to be the guest on the podcast, DM me on Instagram, DM me on LinkedIn, or if we're in the same clubhouse room, just shout it out to me if we're on the same stage. All right? Can't wait to hear from you. Or you can text the phone number 585-502-8894.